This is the World Industrial News for Monday, September 26th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part nine of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. So technology is going to come into every aspect of this because we have known to do these things for a number of years, but we simply lacked the basic tools and the basic platform to do them with. That is not true today. We have that technology. And this will be simply applying that technology to a known problem. It should be a very stable and high probability success project. Excellent, thank you. And I know, you know, personally, we've had numerous delegations in from countries over the past few months that are all focusing on this topic and grid modernization. And and Pat, you touch on it, right? I mean, even like the European energy shift and the potential that's there. Um, so thank you for that. And I think, you know, before we close out, it would be really great to hear from both of you and just um, get some of your final thoughts. Um, Mona, why don't you kick us off? You know, what are you hearing from some of the drivers in this space? I know you're you are you're knee deep into this this area. Um, any final thoughts from you? Absolutely. I think I just will reiterate what Pat said about the role of technology. I think everybody hopes and wishes to build transformational infrastructure for our country and generations to come. And we cannot do this if we do not truly build back better with technology. Um, all of us in the advocacy space have fought very hard to get software services, digitization, digitalization, monitoring and control language into the Infrastructure Investment Jobs Act. We wanted to make sure that those technologies would be eligible for programs like the Smart Grid Investment Grant Program, um, Transmission Facilitation Program, um, and, and a host of others. And so, you know, when working with the Gridwise Alliance um, and other trade associations, some of the crux of our work is to really convey back to the federal government hey, you said, you know, you said this stuff is eligible. Now we want to just make sure as you're standing up these new programs um, that you're hewing to the legislative language and that we are really going to be able to have um, companies be able to deploy this cutting edge technology so that we really can build back better and modernize our grid. Um, Another concern is that states um, are really struggling with staff, you know, just post-COVID, inflation, supply chain, everything that's just kind of converging right now, um, states are understaffed and they need staff in order to get these dollars out the door. And so that is why I encourage the stakeholder outreach to them, because the more that they're hearing from the folks that are actually steeped in these issues and are helping others uh, troubleshoot them, um, the the better this money will be spent and the more likely it is to be spent on, on technology. And so I think to the extent, uh, if there are companies out there that have government relations teams in the states to really push for digitalization in those state legislatures and make sure that that is a theme that is running through your commentary um, with with these states. Uh, And and with that, you know, I, I think I'll just finally conclude with saying that, you know, let's just recognize that this is an unprecedented moment and we really do have a chance to take advantage of all of the great work that has been done by so many over the past decades. And so I'm hopeful um, that we will, in a couple of years, start seeing some really interesting uh, projects that are going to push us forward into the next energy landscape. 
To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Former U.S. Secretary of Energy and Texas Governor Rick Perry didn't mince words when he spoke last week at the Gulf Coast Industry Forum in Pasadena, Texas. Among other things, Perry took swipes at critics of the oil and gas industry and took aim at former Obama Administration Secretary of State John Kerry, now the special presidential envoy for climate. Perry said Kerry must, quote, be an idiot if he thinks the industry is nearing an end. And... World events and energy transition growing pains have combined to create concerns about electricity affordability and availability in the future, both near and distant. Most green energy options suffer from reliability issues, but geothermal holds great promise as a source of baseline power, a trait it would share with only hydroelectric power. Geothermal, however, is still decades away from being widely practical for the grid. Its current use is generally confined to district heating or agricultural heating, both of which do reduce reliance on the grid but are small and very localized in scale. Aside from the geysers and steam vents in Yellowstone and rare other locations, heat from the Earth's crust is harder to reach and even harder to harness economically. Germany's government has seized control of subsidiaries of Russian oil major Rosneft to take over its shares in three German oil refineries. The government's temporary measure was taken on the grounds of securing its energy security and was described as unavoidable by federal chancellor Olaf Scholz, who said Russia was no longer a reliable energy supplier. And based on 2019 data, approximately 19 percent of the Greenhouse gases in South Korea are emitted from steelmakers, with POSCO's emissions accounting for a substantial portion of this. In July, POSCO signed a memorandum of understanding with Prime Metals Technologies to develop a demonstration plant for hydrogen reduction steel making. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck, reporting for Industrial Info News. We'll